Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. That the very things I thought I was an expert at, I didn't really know jack crap about. Bruce Lawn. I know you do a lot with like YouTube and I know you did a lot with music and I know you're married with a couple kids. Um, I'm married. I've got two kids. And I think the thing that me and my wife struggle with the most is the kind of like the work life ministry music balance, like mm-hmm. how that all works. Because I work a job. She works a job. Uh, I do music a couple nights a week. I got a podcast that I just started. I, I, I'm the president of a motorcycle ministry. So. We've got a lot of stuff that we do together, um, but I know that where you're at, you, it probably requires a lot more of your time than it does mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so what when you started transitioning to having more on your plate, how did you balance that out? Wow. Okay. How old are your kids and how long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been married seven years. My Now, my son and my daughter are with uh, my previous wife. Okay. Um, he is 12 and my daughter is 10. Very cool. And are they with you guys full time or you guys do like uh, drug uh, custody? They're with us on the weekend and we're transitioning into doing a week on week off thing right now. Got it. Got it. You work full time. Your wife works full time and yep. you guys do quite, sounds like quite a few ministries separate and, yeah, yeah. and you're a bit entrepreneurial or dabbling into some entrepreneurial stuff. And the question is how to find work-life balance as you get more busy? Is that the question? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that music has kind of picked up a little bit, and I know we've done started the podcast now. And, um, you know, the, the ministry, the Redemption Riders, my wife and I do that a lot. She's our secretary. I'm the founder and president, so a lot of that we do together. But there's stuff that I do that doesn't really include her. Um, so, like, it's I think our date night is Thursday night, so I have one night a week that we just dedicate to just us. Awesome. Um, and, and then on the kids, sometimes when the kids are here on the weekend, we have ministry events that we go to, but – I think the struggle that I have is I can get so hyper focused that, you know, I'll tell her like, Hey, I'll be up in the studio nine o'clock. I'll be done 10, 30, 11 o'clock rolls around. I'm just now coming downstairs. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think I just, I need to find, get, get some advice from somebody who's a little further along than I am on what a good balance of that looks like. Wow. Okay. The great question, by the way, guys, if you're finding value from this, give me a, a like for the video. There's a gang of y'all watching and not enough likes. So let's, can we just get some likes up? That's a fantastic question for Jason. I think a lot of us who are coming from uh, being, you know, newer in, in the entrepreneurial space or being married or being married with kids probably feel a lot of this tension. I know a lot of my friends feel this tension that you're talking about that, uh, that, that want to do ministry, but they also work full-time jobs and they also have side hustles. Um, Gosh, man, he, here's the thing, Jason. Um, you don't, bro. That's not a that's not a cool answer. Like that's not a, like a fun answer. But you really don't find balance. There is no balance. There is like work life balance is a myth for most people, meaning that it's less of a balance and more of a juggle. It's less yeah. of how do I create perfect quadrants so everything gets the right amount of time to in this season. How do I be faithful with juggling all of these different things 
that God yeah. has in front of me. And um, the way I did that is I stopped trying to juggle as many things, Jason. <laughs> I took a bunch of stuff off my plate, my guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. And, and I remember being, you know, in my twenties and we were running a young adults ministry and, and, and I was leading a Monday night Bible study. And then I was doing music and then I had artists with me that were doing music. And I was on staff at the church 30 hours a week. Oh, right. And, uh, and it was, and, and, and my wife was pregnant. We were about to have a, you know, our first child. And it was like, bro, all that stuff in hindsight, in hindsight, was me dabbling and figuring out what I could start dominating in. I think yeah. you have to figure out a path for you to go from dabbling to dominating before you diversify. See, people think that, and I thought this, and this is a big mistake I made. I thought that on my way to building something, I could do 10 different things mediocrely. Yeah. And that one of them would pop. And it, it doesn't work that way. Usually when you're coming from the mud, when you don't have Kendrick Lamar as your big cousin, shout out to baby Keem, right? When you don't have someone who is putting you on, when you're pull, when you're, when you're building something, you really kind of got to find one thing and lock in on that one thing that you're most proficient at, that you're best at, and make that yeah. as, as, as good as you can monetize that. And then you can go back to doing multiple things. So I'm in a spot yeah, yeah. where I'm going back to doing multiple things, but at a higher degree of excellence, meaning that, Jason, I can't make my own, uh, I can't run this YouTube page and produce, mix, and master my own album. It's, it's, it, the and be a good dad and be a good husband. The, yeah, yeah. the capacity of that, it's just, it's just impossible. I can't do all of those things. So now I'm in a spot because this is successful by the grace of God and by the grace of all you guys watching who are Patreon and supporters. Because this is successful, I can take some of that funds and reallocate it to say, Iman is going to help me mix my music. I found the best engineer in San Diego. I'm paying him. He's mixing it. I don't have to think about it. All I got to do is send him notes back. That's now off my plate. Ray Rock is helping me produce some of the beats. And I'm still like, man, I may not put out a gajillion different records. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I may just do, do, do one or two more records, see how they do, see if there's demand. Do I see the needle moving? I'm at 85,000 monthly listeners. Can I scale to 50,000 monthly listeners on Spotify? If not, that may just not be the thing for me. I discovered this thing this week, Jason. It's very interesting, and, I, and I'll try to send it to you. And it's this phenomenon, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Have you ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? No, I never. The Dunning-Kruger effect says that it's, it's a psychological form of bias. And the Dunning-Kruger effect says that the people who are the least optimal at something tend to exhibit the most amount of confidence at something, okay? So they surveyed engineers that worked at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a job where there was hundreds of engineers, and they found out that the lowest 40% of engineers thought they were in the top 5% of engineers. So imagine a bell curve, and, and the people that are less proficient and less effective at something th think they're yeah. better at it. If you ask the majority of people who drive, they think they're in the top five percentile of drivers, but they're not. It's impossible. So, the, so, so oftentimes, people who are the worst at something and have the least amount of knowledge and experience at it think they're better at something than they truly are. And then the crazy part is the people who are actually proficient and good at something, okay, have a degree of imposter syndrome and aren't always the most confident with articulating their degree of expertise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's called, yeah, it's called, it's called the, uh, the, the Dunning Kruger effect. 
It's a form of cognitive bias, the Dunning-Kruger effect. And, 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 and here's another thing. Jay, the people who are the most proficient at something don't speak with an absolute uncertainty of it because they know there's so much they don't know about something. Yeah. And the people who think they know it all don't have the capacity to understand how much they actually don't know about said topic. This is why scientists, doctors tend not to be super articulate and tend to come off kind of flimsy because they know in their, in their field, how little they actually know. I know in my field of YouTube, how little I actually know. Right. I, I, and and so I'm not as confident giving people the advice all the time because I know there's a whole lot. I don't know. And people think that's flip floppy and wishy-washy. No, no, no. It's an actual, it's an actual effect with the, with people that, that have a degree of expertise at something and been doing something for a long time tend to feel like imposters because they know how little they know. This is everywhere right now. Just so you know, this is everywhere. This is your favorite content creator. This is your favorite uh, political personality. Most people aren't operating at a degree of expertise. They're just confident, certain, and good looking. And they're getting by on that instead of actually having the capacity to understand everything they don't know. I say all this to say, Jay, that the very things I thought I was an expert at, I didn't really know jack crap about. I started this YouTube channel trying to give Christian rappers advice on marketing. I didn't know crap about marketing. I watched a few freaking Gary Vee videos, and I thought I knew how to apply Gary Vee. And I read some Dave Ramsey stuff, and I listened to some Seth Godin, and I listened to stuff. And I scratched the surface of marketing, and I thought I knew how to tell people to market. I got sort of good at rapping and running a label. I thought I could tell people how to run a label. I didn't really know anything about it, but I was so confident and so certain because when you first learn something, you think you got it all figured. It out right yeah, and, yeah. and and you're not and, and you're not you're not the most humble so this is everywhere and it's and, it, and it's a bummer because it's it's actually dangerous it's actually dangerous to read a webmd article about something that's going on with the with the pandemic and think you have all the answers to the pandemic like that's some yeah, yeah. that's some really some really <laughs> dangerous stuff that we're, we're operating under and this is the same thing in theology this is the same thing with careers the same so my, my my question to you jay is in all these things you're doing it's difficult for you to step back and say what am i best at and what is god blessing the most what i was best at jay was not rapping or running a label or being a producer or being a Christian marketing guru. What I was best at is the thing I've done the longest, which is teach the Bible and communicate theology in simple forms. I've been doing that for 20 years. I've done that the longest. I probably have the most yeah. amount of hours out of anything I've done, reading, studying, teaching the Bible. That's actually not what I wanted to do with this channel, with my career, with my platform. And I had to step back and try a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden, what, what took off, what I was the most congruent in, what I was the most, like people were like, wow, I've never understood it that way. Like when you get that kind of stuff, I never got it that way. It was because I, I had a degree of expertise of what I'm talking about because I've done yeah. it for so long. And so, right. be, you know, you, you have to you have to be careful with this because I'm like you, bro. I'm passionate about a bunch of different things, but this is what I'll do. I'll be the guy that gets a motorcycle and starts the ministry at my church for the motorcycle club and then think I'm an expert on the motorcycle culture and then tell everybody and then start a YouTube page about riding motorcycles. And I don't know, yeah. I mean, I'm six months into riding motorcycles. I don't know jack squad about motorcycles. I don't understand the culture, <laughs> I, right? I'm that guy. So we have to yeah, proceed yeah. with a degree of humility, uh-huh. Jay. And so I, I think yeah. in, in your situation, you got to figure out what are you best at? 
historically? What do you have the most amount of experience in historically? Are you and 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 and, and which and and you probably won't feel confident about. It. You'll probably feel very unsure, and you'll probably be like, "But I have so much room to grow in this area. There's so much I don't know." When I'm talking about the Bible, there's so much I don't know. That's why it's like, Ruslan, you don't take a firm stance on. Calvinism. It's like, cause I've been a Calvinist and I've not been a Calvinist. And I know there's so much more out there that I don't know. So yeah. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And I'm trying to be authentic and tell you guys, like, I don't know a whole lot. Right. I know a few things. That's why I'm, I keep it very basic on the basics of Christianity, the basics of the essentials, the basics of holiness. I don't know a whole lot about end times. I don't know a whole lot about casting out demons. I don't talk about stuff I don't know. This is very difficult and most of us are operating with a degree of bias and we don't know it. So my question to you, Jay, is I think you're going to have to sit down with your wife, with the people closest to you, and really take a sober look at what is Jay best at. Not what you want to be best at. Not what you think you're best at. No, what are you best at? Where's the most amount of fruit? Where's the most amount of evidence that God's hand is on something? The most amount of momentum? Maybe take a step back from all this other stuff and lock in on one thing and, and yeah. focus on getting one thing really, really, really good. And then when you're very successful at one thing, you're making multiple six figures at one thing, you now have people that want to come around and support that one thing. Then you start to diversify and say, okay, now I'm going to go back to making music the way I'm doing. Oh, I've got a project coming out. got some music. been sitting on some music. I don't got to yeah. do as much. Okay, now I'm going to go back to... I don't know, TikTok. Why? Because I got Zach and Nick D is helping me with TikTok. And now we're thinking through TikTok, right? I'm not naturally good at TikTok. Yeah. I'm sober enough to know I'm not naturally good at it. Let me get help. Let me get somebody to help me with TikTok. And now yeah. I'm going back and addressing these different things. And this takes trial and error. This takes mass amounts of humility. This takes feeling unconfident, feeling like an imposter. But that's actually, if again, if you listen to people that are experts in their field, they don't speak with a ton of certainty. They don't speak like know-it-alls. They don't speak like, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so yeah. that would be my, 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 my pushback to you, man, is I think you need to do less. I think you need to do less, and I think you need to do more on one thing and blow that up as, a, as an actual revenue stream for you and then say, yeah. right, because when you are at that point you want to be in your career, everything else kind of falls in line. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, considering giving it a like and subscribing. This month, I'm releasing the Love What You Do collection. And to celebrate, I'm doing a three-day virtual event to help us go from learning to love what we do to ultimately doing what we love. By the way, it's free. So hit the link in the description to grab your seat today. Kind of like the work life, ministry, music, balance, like mm -hmm. how that all works. Because so What are you best at? Where's the, the most amount of fruit? Where's the, the most amount of evidence that God's hand is on something? The most amount of momentum? Maybe take a step back from all this other stuff and lock in on one thing. There's an opportunity cost attached to not doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Bruce Lawn. And here's the thing. The flip side to all this, Jason, and I'm going to contradict myself. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies. There's nothing wrong with someone joining a bowling league and spending hundreds of dollars a year to play bowl, to, to bowl. There's no, nothing wrong with someone paying thousands of dollars a year to golf or tens of thousands of dollars. And there's nothing wrong with you making music as a hobby and saying, this is a hobby for me. This is not a small business. This is not a side hustle. This is a hobby. And that's, that's a-okay, bro. As long as you have healthy mm -hmm. expectations, right? Um, my buddy, Daniel Golding, who's a fantastic, a golfer he's taught golf he knows he cannot last a round of golf with tiger 
Okay, my buddy Bryce Butler, my buddy Jeremy Davis, all these ex-football players who yeah. are playing golf all the time, they know they're not playing with Tiger. They're not competing with, with Tiger, right? So if, if, if music is a hobby for you, respect. Let it be a hobby. Just be sober enough to know that, like, you're not competing with Andy Mineo. You're not competing with Andy Indy Tribe. You're not making music at, at that level. And, and be okay with that. Like, be okay with that, right? So I know basketball for me is a hobby. No, I'm not, I'm not scoring a bucket on LeBron. It's, I probably couldn't even yeah. score a bucket on my buddy The Professor. Right. Basketball is a hobby. It's a fun hobby. It's a healthy hobby. It, it gives me release. So is it is hopefully some of this is resonating and you feel, and feel free to push back, man, because I know I know I just said, no, no, yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like, you know, I was telling you the night when we did the fan love Friday that when I was really struggling, man, like I feel like the, the things that I'm the most passionate about, if I'm honest, are the music and communicating. So when like the music, I, I am so passionate about the whole process because it's it's a good outlet and it's communication for me too mm-hmm. but when nick and i sit down to do this podcast man and we pick a topic and we're talking about something we can like this push back on one another and bounce ideas off of each other and really break down the bible um i mean and i've had people in my life tell me like that they can see the evidence of god's gift in my music mm-hmm. and you know i had a church where i went and did some consulting and engineering and set up their sound system and i talked with their worship team and one of their guys pulled me aside and he's like Jay, I don't know if you noticed this, man, but like when you speak, there's an anointing and an authority when you open up your mouth. Every time you speak here, people listen to you. And he said, and it's like that with your music. When you come around and you start using and exercising your gifts in those two areas, people listen to you. And I was like, that, and okay. like that was really humbling. And I thought maybe that's where I need to sink my efforts is just yeah. those things alone. So, 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 so I'm gonna push back a little bit. I'm gonna push back a little bit. Where do you think you, where do you, where do you see an emerging opportunity Right? Do we need another Christian rapper? Probably not. Okay. This is why right? This is why I stopped focusing on music as much. I can can, people tell me the same thing. You're anointed, your music's great. Okay, respect. That's awesome. But is that what's needed in the marketplace? Right? Or do we need someone to, to bridge the gap between the Christian rapper, the Christian fan, the Christian trying to figure it out, the Bible scholar, and, and, and just simplify some of this stuff, utilizing the very same gift set? Because you're right, communication is communication, whether it's poetry, rap, preaching, podcasting, YouTube, live streaming. It's all the same thing. So yeah. um, I have to take a sober look and say, well, do we need uh, uh, another Christian rap album from Ruslan. Is that a need in the marketplace? Probably not. This, that doesn't mean I can't bundle it with some music. Doesn't mean I can't do it as a hobby. Doesn't mean I, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm still doing it. I'm still putting out music. But at some point, I got, I got to count the opportunity cost. And this is what I mean. For If I'm spending a ton of time making music, if I'm spending a ton of time making music, but I'm not preaching the word on the YouTube, but I'm not doing the, the, the thing that I know God is faithful in, if I could do that, if I'm doing that, there's an opportunity cost attached to not doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing, right? Meaning that opportunity cost is a concept from investment. Every time you don't spend money investing, every time you, you don't buy, you don't put money in your Roth IRA, you don't put money in the, in the market at a 12% return, and you put it in those pairs of J's, Right, or you put it in that in that diminishing asset. The the, the we think it's just oh I'm j- I just chose to spend money. No, you're not you're not factoring in all the money you're losing when that asset appreciates. Okay, yeah, yeah. So my I look at my career like yeah, I can buy a bunch of Jordans, and they're gonna make me feel good. But that but unless I put them in the box and don't touch them and don't wear them, right? And I literally treat it like an investment. Those Jordans are going to depreciate in value, and I could have put that money into Robinhood and could have put that money in QQQ and got 30% on my investment every year, right? The op- yeah. I'm losing money by not 
doing that. And 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 I can make the Jordans a business. I can make that a real business. I can open up a store, but I ha- I can't wear the Jordans. I can't do it for my enjoyment and my, and my gratification. I literally have to buy Jordans, hold them, don't sell them, flip them, open a store. Like and that becomes a business path, right? So that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so for the, for the music, man, I you know for me, bro, I just have to stop and just go. Uh, and it's ironic I'm telling you this as I'm about to release new music, right? Like I'm in the middle of about to put out new music. I have to stop and say, well, you know, what is what where is God? And what what's he blessing? And uh and, and, and is this an idol? Is this is this gift an idol, right? And and I think I think in my life, when I've released something, God tends to God tends to kind of bless it or resurrect it. When I let something die and I surrender something, God tends to resurrect it in proper timing. Right. And if he doesn't, I'm okay, man. I've had yeah, the yeah. visions, I've had the prophecies, I've had the year anointed, every all that. All that. I've had all that said to me, brother. And I'm okay with saying, you know what? What's best for me and my family in the season? It's not for me to be yeah. running around here at Holy Fest or what is it? What do they just do? Holy Smoke Fest, Indie Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like I didn't go there. Why? Because I was going to Florida with my family this week and and I knew that I couldn't do both. Right? I didn't go yeah, there yeah. because I right. So um yeah, hopefully this is this makes sense. So just be careful, man, because again, bro. Our brains are naturally biased. You're going to hear you're so anointed with music when maybe what they're saying is you're so anointed as a communicator and that's why your music is good. But wow, this thing right here, brother, you're really good at this, right? And this becomes a hedge in the marketplace. This becomes something that's needed and not just you wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, brother. That was a great question, man. Hopefully, um, yeah, yeah. hopefully, you, you, I wasn't harsh uh, with the answer to that. And, <laughs> no, I, and I'm walking through it. I've been walking through this in real life for years, man. And it's been a struggle. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's. Uh, if I'm honest with you, it's been a struggle and it's been challenging. And I feel like God's. Yeah. Finally... And I think the big thing for my wife, just listening to her, because I, I feel like as married men, surely you know, just listening to them is key. And you know, I got I got invited to come to Detroit at the end of August to do a show at a church. And, you know, my, they, they were going to pay for my plane ticket to come up there. And my wife and my kids were all like, hey, we want to go. And I was like, why don't we just drive? Like, we'll just pick the kids up and just drive. Because it's the same amount in gas for me to drive there and back as it is for me to buy a plane ticket by myself. And I would rather drive and take my whole family and let them enjoy that. Because mm-hmm. um, my son does all my video. Like, my wife is just hype man. She, you know what I'm saying? They love to participate. And I'm, and I'm okay with driving and being able to include my whole family in that stuff. Um, you know, I got that. One of the things I heard you talk about, man, is about traveling. Like I never travel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got to open up for few on that, in that South Carolina show we did, my wife had to go with me. I don't ever go anywhere by myself. Um, but that's, but that's, but that was good, man. I, like I said, I think it's what's helped me is trying to include my family because yeah. they have expressed yeah. it multiple times that they like to be involved in that stuff. Yeah. And it's, and I noticed that God is blessing that stuff whenever my family is included and whenever I'm trying to pull away and I'm, I'm more secluded and isolated uh i tend to have to fight an uphill battle more yeah so I, yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense that's good brother appreciate you man king stream entertainment bruce lawn yo thank you so much for making it to the end of this video if you found it valuable considering giving it a like and subscribing this month i'm releasing the love what you do collection and to celebrate i'm doing a three-day virtual event to help us go from learning to love what we do to ultimately doing what we love by the way it's free so hit the link in the description to grab your seat today holy smokes you made it through the entire episode shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing and again we ain't got no sponsors on this show and i'm gonna keep it that way but 
What you can do to keep it sponsor-free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me, best way to hop into a group Zoom call, and the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.